Oh, what a, what a privilege to be able to be with you. I am so honored to be here. And I, I honestly, I can say this. Me and my wife were so impressed the first time that we were with your church. And we talked about it for months. And I've actually told pastors around the country about uh, Grace Baptist Church and the spirit of this church and, and the vision that your church has. Uh, the truth is, uh, we have a lot of dead churches that just need to be woken up and, uh, and see that there's a work to be done and they're doing nothing. And I'm so thankful that you, you've got a vision to do something. Amen. You've got a heart to do, do something. You have a pastor that's, that's leading you to stay busy. And uh, thank God for that. That's not, that's not the norm anymore. It's not the norm. It's tragic. We uh, went through all the stuff and explained everything that we were doing last time. I don't know if anybody has any questions. Be glad after the services to answer any questions you might have. But, but the preacher gave me a time limit, and I better get started. <laughs> Amen. Because I, I like to stay on time. Amen. And you like me to stay on time, I'm sure. I used to have, whenever I have a guest visitor, I had a, an older gentleman in my church, been in church for years, and... Uh, he, he would come up to every visitor, every visiting speaker we have, and he'd look at him and he says, you know, he said, I've never heard a bad 15-minute message. <laughs> Just a suggestion, but no. <laughs> Amen. Matthew, if you turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 6. Matthew and chapter 6. We're going to cover a lot of scriptures. I hope that you'll follow along. And if you can't turn to them, if you can't find them, at least write them down. I challenge you to, to look at them again. We're going to try to pull these things together. And Lord willing, help us understand maybe a very important uh, issue tonight that we, we face. And I don't know what your custom is, but, but, but would you stand please in honor of God's word. We're just going to read one verse here. Very simple verse. Some of you probably already have it memorized, but it's verse 21. And it says this, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Amen. Let's pray. Father, bless this time. Just speak to our hearts and help us tonight. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may have a seat. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I want you to, to first of all, understand then, the question is, is what's valuable to you? Because that's your treasure. What is it that is of value to you? Is it, your, is it your job? Is it your family? Is it your hobby? Your possessions? What is it that's valuable to you? Because wherever your value is, whatever is your treasure, the Bible says that's where your heart is going to be also. And so we need to determine that. We need to be honest with ourselves and determine, now what's valuable to me? It may be that we find that we have our treasure in the wrong place. And if that's the case, then our heart's going to be in the wrong place. So I want to look at this just a little bit tonight because I think it's so important that we have our heart in the right place and understand how important it is that our heart be in the right place. So I want to look at this subject here because here's the thing. The treasure doesn't move. Okay, get this. The treasure doesn't move. The job will always be the job. The, the, the hobby will always be the hobby. Those things don't move. The only thing that we have a, a choice on is our heart. We can move our heart. Okay, we can move our heart. That's what I want to show you tonight. Would you please go over to Luke chapter 12 with me then? In the book of Luke in chapter 12, I want to show you a, a story of a man who had a heart problem. He had a heart problem, and that's really what it comes down to. 
But by the way, there's many that have a heart problem, and not just the lost who have a heart problem, but a lot of God's people have a heart problem. Their heart's not where it should be. Now, if you're not saved, you don't even have the right heart. You need to make sure that you've got your heart settled. You've given your heart to the Lord, and the Lord's uh, become your Savior. You need to make sure of that. But, but, but this, is, this is talking about a man. We don't know his condition at all as far as spiritually, but we can look at this story here, a parable that the Lord taught, and we can see that he had a problem. Beginning in verse number 16, it says, And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully, and he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thy knees, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee, then whose shall these things be which thou hast provided? Now, I said that this man had a heart problem. Let's, let's consider, first of all, there's several things that, that point to the fact that he had a heart problem. One of them is, is a key word that we look for, and that is the word I. Whenever a person is using the word I in, in an improper fashion, it shows that there is a heart problem. Look at this. He says, I have no room. He says, I shall do, or, what shall I do? He says, this I will do. And so we see this man had a, an eye problem. And let's just make that real clear. What that means is he was a little self-centered. Life was all about him and what he wanted. I want this. I'm going to do that. I'm going here. This is what I am going to do. It was all about him. And certainly we have some problems with that, even in the house of God. People who say, well, I don't care what the Word of God says. I believe. <laughs> Well, wait a second. It does make a difference what the Word of God says, and what you believe is irrelevant if it doesn't match up with the Word of God. Amen. But that's a selfish, or excuse me, a self-centered idea. Now, there's another word here that we see. If you look on in verse 17, he says, he says, no room where to bestow my fruits. And he goes on down in verse 18, he says, I have bestowed all my fruits and my goods. So another word that we see here that, that shows us there was a heart problem, and that is the word my. The, the word my basically deals with the fact that he's gone from self-centered now to selfish. Okay? It wasn't just about him. It was very selfish. It's a very childish attitude of the heart. We, we try to teach our children not to, to do that. We, we try to teach them to share, don't we? We try to teach them to, 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 to give to others and help others and, and, and let them play with your toys. But, but our kids seem to always get that idea, well, that's mine. Mine. <laughs> well, that, that's a heart problem. When we as God's people begin to think that what we have is our... By the way, I am not my own. I've been bought with the price, the precious blood of Christ Jesus. When I, when I put my trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, He saved my soul and I became His. Amen. I belong to Him. But, but this, this man had a, had a problem. My. Selfish. But, but then we go on and we see another couple of statements here. Because in the very beginning of verse 18, He says, this will I, I do. He said, this will I do. <laughs> I do, I will. I will pull down my barns. And in verse number 19, he says, and I shall say to my soul, I will. So the word I will, is that goes back to the, to the problem that Satan had. 
The I wills of Satan. I will ascend above the Most High. I will be like the Most High God. His own will. He had taken his will and imposed it upon himself that he was going to do what he wanted to do. Didn't make any difference what anybody else said. I will is a very big heart problem. It has to do with being self-willed. Self-willed. So we find this man is self-centered. We find this man is selfish. We find this man is self-willed. And, and not only that, he's self-satisfied. <laughs> Look what I've done. Look what I've accomplished. By the way, you can't accomplish anything outside of God. Don't, 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 don't you go thinking that you've done something great just because God gifted you and gave you the ability to accomplish something. Here's the bottom line. He became self-destructive. Whenever you become selfish in your life, in your, in your possessions, and whenever you become self-willed, the end result of that is self-destruction. And that's what the Bible says. He, says, he said, Lord, Lord says, uh, you, you, in, in verse number 20, But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night shall thy soul be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? It's all going to be gone. It's all going to be useless. One of these days, all this junk that we've accumulated, all this fun that we supposedly had is going to be behind us, and it's going to be nothing. It's going to amount to just a pile of dirt that's worth nothing. Can't take it with you. Now, this is a man, an individual, who could represent many of us that are sitting here today. But, but let, me, let me go a little step farther. Go over to Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3 is a portion of scriptures that, that deals basically with the churches, the seven churches of Asia. And uh, we, we, we find that the Lord is, is trying to help these churches. And this one here, basically, probably we could say had the, the biggest problem. This is the church at Laodicea. In verse 14, he says this, And write unto the angel of the church at Laodicea, or write unto the church of the Laodiceans, write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. To know thy, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth, because thou sayest, I am, in, I am rich, and increased with goods, and have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. So, so I want you to understand that the very self same that thing that happened to this gentleman over here, that had, had the, the barns, and, and, and had all the substance, it can also happen to a church. Where they become rich and increase with goods and have need of nothing. Become self-centered and selfish. By the way, the pastor is showing me your, your vision for missions. It's showing me your missions board. And, and, and it, it's exciting. Praise God for what you're doing. Yeah, I, I don't, I'm not here telling you that you're selfish. But I am here warning you that it doesn't take very long to get there if you get self-willed. If you become selfish. Continue to give. Continue to give. But this man had a heart problem. Now, here's the thing about the heart. Go over to Jeremiah chapter 17. Jeremiah in chapter 17. We find there's some, some things here that he deals with about the heart that I, that, that I want to deal with. And we're going to, we're going to cover quite a few scriptures here again. So, so please bear with me and, and listen because the, the Word of God is what matters. Amen? Not, not what I say anyway. But here in Proverbs chapter 17 and verse number 9, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And he says this, I, the Lord, search the hearts. I try the reins. Could I, could I help you some, with something? Listen, it's easy to lie to yourself. 
It's easy to come to church and go through the motions of doing what you're supposed to do and say everything's okay when the truth is things aren't okay. You've kind of got your heart in the wrong place. Maybe your treasure's beginning to shift and what's valuable to you has begun to change and you've kind of got your heart set on something else but you're still going through the motions and, it, and for, as far as everybody else is concerned, it looks like you're just doing what you're supposed to do and everything's right with you. But the truth is in our heart, we deceive ourselves. We lie to ourselves. It's, it's, it's very easy to get there. And we've got to be very careful. And the Lord says He's the one that knows the hearts. See, this man over in Luke chapter 12, what he should have been doing is some self-examination. Let a man examine himself. He should have been looking at his heart and finding out just exactly what was going on because he had a heart problem. But he was fooling himself, saying, everything's fine, I'm comfortable, I'm going to sit back, eat, drink, be merry, I'm going to take my ease. The Lord says, no, it's not going to work that way. You've lied to yourself. Go to Proverbs chapter 23. The book of Proverbs chapter 23. You see, we're, we're trying to nail down here a heart problem. In chapter 23, it says in verse number 7, As a man thinketh in his heart... So is he. Now, now listen very carefully. You can lie to yourself. But, but, but remember we started with this verse that said, um, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You can tell yourself everything's okay, but if your treasure's in the wrong place, everything's not okay. If the wrong things are more important to you than the things of God, everything's not okay. There is a heart issue. Now, God wants us to work on that. That's Proverbs chapter 23 deals extensively with the heart. He says, listen, we have some heart issues here. And he says, whatever it is, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. That's what you are. That's what you are. But listen, God doesn't want us to stay there. Good news is God has given us means and ways to take care of these issues. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. What does Paul tell them? He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be yet transformed by the renewing of the mind. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So it says, if... If your treasure is here, then that's where your heart is. And if that be the case, then what the Lord's trying to help us understand is, is I need to learn how to control this. I need to learn how to control my heart. God uses them simultaneously as a man thinketh in his heart. Where your treasure is, what's valuable to you, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. God says, so why don't we do something? Let's work on the heart. Let's make sure that we have our heart in the right place. Let's make sure that our heart is thinking about the right things because that's who you are. The Bible says out of the heart comes the issues of life. The things that happen in your life, if your heart's not right, those issues that happen are because of a heart problem. So look here. As God gives us some things to help us, I believe some things that are very important for us. In verse number uh, chapter 23 of Proverbs, verse 26, look what he said. He says, my son, give me thine heart. How do we 
How do we take care of the issues? How, how do we take care of this heart thing? Well, the first thing God asks us to do is to give it to Him. It's that simple. Here it is. When Paul writes to the Corinthian people about the offering that they're getting ready to take up, he mentions to them a people called the Macedonian people. And he said, the Macedonian people, he said, they did something that was amazing. It boggled our minds. He said, they didn't just do what they said they were going to do. They gave themselves first. Listen, if God has your heart, everything else is in, in, in the right hands. If God is controlling what's going on in your life, everything else is going to go well. God says for us to give him our heart. Now, I know this is talking to a father to a son. Give me thy heart. Well, we have a heavenly father. He wants our heart. He says, give me thine heart. He Listen, he's going to take care of your heart if you give it to him. If you give it to him, he's going to make sure it's taken care of. So the first thing God asks us to do is give him our heart. But go back to Proverbs chapter 4. There's some other things that God says we can do to help our heart so that we make sure it's in the right place and doing the right things. If you look here at chapter 4 and verse 23, look at this. It says, keep thine heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Again, there we go, the heart. The issues of life come out of it. So what does God say? Keep it. The word keep comes from the idea of a guard. The keeper of the, the door. The keeper of the, of the gate. He was a guard. So what God says is that he wants us not only to give our heart to him, but then he says we need to make sure that we have some mechanisms whereby we might guard our heart. Well, how can I guard my heart? Well, I, I can tell you it's affected greatly by my eyes. My eyes affect my heart. Therefore, I need to watch what I'm watching. I need to be careful what comes into my eyes and into my heart. I need to be careful what I'm listening to. You see, our heart is affected by our eyes and by our ears and by the, the things that are going on around about us. So God says we need to guard that. Well, how do we do that? Well, there's several things we can do. We're going to look at it a little bit more in just a second here. But, but we need to learn how to say, no, I'm not going to look that way. <laughs> well, doesn't the world want to influence you? Drive down the streets, it's no different in this country than it is in the country I'm at. They have signs everywhere. Uh, we, we were down here just driving by, and my wife saw this one sign going by. It says, Mary had a little turkey, and she wanted more. I, I, we thought that was funny, of course, because it's Mary had a little lamb, and, uh, but she liked turkey. Amen? So, so, but, but, but you see, it's there in front of you. Everywhere you go, they've got advertisements. And most of them are not trying to lure you to church. They're trying to lure you to the world. They want your heart. Every car dealer in the world wants you to fall in love with their car. Every, every realtor wants you to fall in love with their house. Every lawnmower company wants you to fall in love with their lawnmower. They, they want you, every gun manufacturer, every, every, every hobby, every, every fishing pole that's made, they want you to love that thing more than anything else. And their advertisements are geared to get your heart. God says you need to keep it. You need to guard it. So we give our heart to God. Then the Bible says that we need to guard our heart. But go back to chapter 23 again in Proverbs here. And I want you to look at verse number 19. He says, hear thou my son and be wise, now listen to this, and guide thine heart in the way. Oh, so God says now then, if we give it to him, by the way, we, we teach very, very hardly. I, I, I do, my, my sons do, that if, I, if God has your heart, everything's going to be okay. Um, he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. 
And, and, and we understand that, that our greatest concern, is, my greatest concern as a pastor, and I'm sure your pastor is too, he wants you to love God. And if you guys love God, it takes away a lot of the problems we have. It just solves a lot of them because I don't have to worry about if you're going to tithe. I don't have to worry about if you're going to give the missions. I don't have to worry about if you're going to go soul winning. If you love God, those things just kind of come along with it, you see. What does God tell us to do then? Guide our heart. Guide it. We're to give it to him. We're to make sure it's protected. We're to guard it. But now God says, hey, guide it. Direct it in the right ways. Hey, listen, when you get up in the morning, guide your heart toward the Word of God. When it's time for church, guide your heart to church. When, when, when you have some time extra, and, and I know that's hard to do, but maybe it's while you're driving to work or whatever the case is, guard your heart to speak to the Lord. Maybe make, take time to turn the radio down or totally off and just take some time and guide your heart and think about the things of God. I mean, there's so many other things that we can do. God wants us to learn to guide our heart. Now, how do we guard our heart and guide our heart and, and, and give our heart? What, what do we do? Well, go with me to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. I'm sure, I'm sure thankful the Lord didn't leave us with a bunch of questions. Amen? I mean, He, he gave us a bunch of answers. In Colossians chapter 2, verses number 6 through verse number 8 here, look at it, it says... As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in Him. Now he's talking to Christians here. This becomes a serious question because I, my, my message is primarily geared toward those that are saved. But here's what he's saying. Not everybody's saved. But he's talking to the saved. He says, now that you've received Christ. Church will have an invitation in a little bit. And if you've never received Christ, can I tell you it's the greatest thing ever happened to me? I, I've been saved now. I, I keep forgetting how long it's been, uh, but right now it, it's been right close to 60 years. Been saved ever since I was just a little boy. And, and, and let me tell you, it just gets better and better. I've never had to worry about it. It's secure in Christ Jesus. Amen? I mean, he's, he's been with me all along. If you're not saved, you need to take care of that. It'll change your life. Boy, I'm telling you, it's good. But, but go on to verse 7. He says, rooted and build up in him, and, and build up in him and established in the faith as ye have been taught abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of men, after the rudiment of the world, and, after, and not after Christ. So, so here's what he's saying. If you're going to give your heart to the Lord, if you're going to guard your heart, if you're going to guide your heart, then he says, here's what's important. First of all, then you're going to have to ground it. If you've been saved, if you've received Christ, then you need to be established in the Word of God. You need to make sure that you are grounded, in other words. Established. That's a foundation. What do you believe? By the way, that's why we have to be in church. That's why we have to be in the Word of God. The, listen, it's, it does make a difference what you believe. And, and you need to establish yourself because how can God, God guide you if you're not in the Word? How can God properly guide you if you don't know what you believe? I mean, anybody can come along and tell you, hey, this is right and that's right. Listen, we got God's Word on this thing. You don't have to guess. Amen. And when the preacher preaches something, you go home tonight. Take the Scriptures I've given you and, and be a Berean. Amen. Get in there and diligently search them out. Search the scriptures to make sure the things I say are true. I, I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to take God's word for it. 
Get in there. And God says that we need to be grounded. Isn't it? How can you guide your heart if you don't know where you're going? Preacher, we've been here before, but only once. And uh, this morning, I got on the computer and typed the directions here from where we were at, up at, uh, at uh, Seattle area. And I took a picture of it because I knew when I got in Canada, I didn't want to run my phone because my service goes up. But we were scared all the way here because the truth is, is that if we got the wrong directions, <laughs> I might have to call you and say, and, and I, don't, I can't even call you because it, it doesn't work right for some reason. For me, anyway, it hasn't. I like to have good directions when I'm going somewhere. I like to find out from somebody that's been there how to get there. That's what this book is. Get grounded in it. Get grounded in it. You're going to guide your heart. You're going to guard your heart. You need to know what you're guarding it from. You need to know how to direct it. If you're going to give your heart, well, this is God's heart. This is how you find out what God wants for your heart. Grounded. But go to Philippians chapter number 4. Philippians chapter 4, because he gives us another thing here that, that's important. In Philippians chapter 4, and I just love this. Boy, we, we use this a great deal. But look what he says in verse number 8. He says, finally, brethren... Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. If there's any moral excellence, if there's anything to praise God about, he says, here's what you've got to do. You've got to think on the right things. Or, in other words, gird your heart. <laughs> the word gird means to prepare and strengthen oneself for what is to come. How do you do that? Control your heart and what you think about. And God says, think about good things. Here's what we'll do in counseling. <clears throat> Folks will come in and say, I don't love her anymore. The wife will say, well, I don't love him anymore either. And after talking to them for a while, we realize all they remember is they hate each other. She didn't, she didn't make a bed. He didn't take out the trash. He came home and didn't say, I love you. She didn't kiss him before he left. I mean, all the negative things, that's all that we remember. By the way, if you're not careful, you'll begin to get that way toward God. Why didn't God do this? Well, why did I have to paycheck short? Why was I sick back here? And we begin to do all those negative things. And Paul's writing these folks. He says, guys, you need to gird your heart up. <laughs> you need to guide your heart. You need to give your heart to God. And you need to be, be careful to guard your heart because he says, you begin to think negative things. So here's what we'll do. We'll tell folks, take a three-by-five card. And in the morning, write one thing that you love about God. <laughs> God, I, I love you that you let the sun come up. That's a pretty neat thing, but we don't think about it a lot. I was able to get out of bed. One fellow said, I woke up this morning, there's no dirt on my face. Amen. <laughs> Thank God. Then we ask you to do that at noon, and then do it in the evening as well. On the back side of the card, do that with your mate. I love her hair. I love her. I love her. Her fingernails. I, you, you can. You can look. Maybe you love her biscuits. Amen. I love my wife's biscuits too much. 
But we began to write those things. Now we say, now do that Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday and Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. And what you do, what we're asking them to do is start thinking about those things that are good. What has God done for you? You spend all day thinking about three things. Tomorrow you've got to think about three more things. The next day you've got to think about th three more things. And all of a sudden, you found yourself transforming your love. And you'll fall in love again with God because you begin to consider the things He was doing for you rather than the things that were going wrong. And you'll begin to consider the things that the wife has done for you rather than all the mistakes that she made or the husband that has done rather than mistakes. You'll fall in love again. It's real simple. Paul says, finally, brother, last remarks. Finally, brother, let me just tell you what it is. If you're going to have any virtue, if anything's going to go right in your life, he says you need to direct your thinking in the right direction. Think on these things. Wow. So go back to Matthew chapter 6. We're just about finished here because the time's just about finished. Matthew in chapter 6. I want you to see we started off with a very simple verse. Where the treasure is, there will the heart be also. I think I, I've tried to help you understand that you can make the decision on where your treasure is. You can make a decision on what's valuable to you. Now look what's valuable to God. Go over to chapter 6. But go on over. We read verse 21. Verse 23. Look here. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And what does He say? And all these things will be added unto you. So what should you put first in your life? The things of God. The things of God. Go over, if you would, to Colossians in chapter 3. Colossians in chapter 3. In Colossians chapter 3, and I want you to look at verses 1, 2, and 3. Again, for believers. If ye then be risen with Christ, if you've been saved, seek those things that are above, where Christ sitteth at the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above and not on things on earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid in Christ, hid with Christ in God. Listen to me very carefully. If you're saved, you need to change what you're thinking about and set it on the things of God. Now, I can't take my money with me. I can't take my home with me. I, I can't take my hobbies with me. In fact, in heaven, I don't think we'll even talk about hobbies. But I can send souls. Jesus said, I come to seek and to save that which was lost. Souls are what's going to make a difference in our life. And if you want to have, what should I be thinking about? Well, thinking about what God's done for you is good. It'll help you fall in love with Him. But if you really fall in love with Him, could I tell you what you're going to do? You're going to set your heart on the things above. And what's going to be your treasure is souls being saved, lives being changed, people serving God and rejoicing. And God says, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, He said, think on these things. Amen. Preacher.